Welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mom that you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're privileged to talk with my friend and guest, Christina Hyde. In this episode, we'll discuss the paradox of contentment and the desire for change, why we should call our homes our chateaus, and you'll find out how a typo helped me tweak a negative attitude. This is episode 29. Here we go. Well, thank you, Christina, for sharing with us today, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week. It's good to be back with you again. Yeah. It's been really fun to connect on a more personal, like direct message level on Instagram with some of you. Like there's been a lot of good feedback we've had lately. And I know, I don't know, we just really appreciate you interacting um, with Sunday Afternoon Mama in that way. So thank you for doing that. I think ideally, if we could, we'd all just be sitting and having coffee together. So that makes it more of a personal thing. It makes it extra special. Yeah, exactly. So we are beginning a series on homemaking today. Last week, Christina and I laid the groundwork for understanding the value of making a home. Remember Louisa May Alcott's beautiful words, the humblest tasks get beautified if loving hands do them. When we value our jobs as homemakers, we can see the daily tasks and chores as an expression of our love for our families rather than simply an annoying thing that we have to do. We will still likely have least favorite chores because that's just reality, but we can reframe them into little moments to be thankful. So I opened myself up to this grateful attitude shift more this past week, like since talking about something always drives the point home in your own life (laughs) Um, even more. And I found myself gratefully shopping for groceries and then kind of enjoying the process, like picking out fruits and vegetables and fun treats for the kids. And, and, And then when I was tidying and cleaning our home, I just... I feel like I could do that with more joy. Yeah, it's it's kind of like praying for patience. We're going to have opportunities to practice whatever we're working on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's scary. Things like embracing the dirt and the spills because they're a sign of a life well-lived and a childhood full of fun. Yeah. Sometimes this is super hard for me, if I'm being honest, but I am growing in this area. So today we're focusing on loving your home and where you're at. The more you love your home, the more you are going to want to care for it. So a huge source of inspiration for this series is found in a gem of a book series that I will just go ahead and recommend right now, the Madame Chic series by Jennifer L. Scott. So she, just in a nutshell, her story is that she had some time in Paris when she was younger and was an exchange student and lived with a French family. It's her inspiration. It's it's the, the things that she loved about their culture that she tries to implement in her life. Yeah. So I will put a link in the show notes so that you can find them if you like. Highly, highly recommend. So when we talk about loving your home, there is, as in many things in this life, a paradox that we want to dive into here first. There's a paradox of contentment versus a desire for change. And part of having a Sunday afternoon spirit means your soul is settled and is at peace. You feel at rest with contentment and gratitude for who you are, the family you're part of, the place you live, and the home you care for, like all of it. So if I'm not content where I am now, I'm never going to be content when I get where I want to be. Yeah. I think this applies to so many parts of our life, but today we're looking at our homes. If we're not content in our home's current state, we're never going to be content when we've reached the ideal, whether it's a different home or a remodel, we have to be content here and now. Totally. Have you ever noticed how shocking it is to us as North Americans to see the joy and the peace that some people seem to have when they live in what's, what we would consider this tragic, terrible poverty? Yet oftentimes we find the bigger our homes, the fancier our lifestyles, the sadder we can become. 
I remember we lived just outside a metropolitan city for a few years and I was blown away by the irony that those who you'd look at and think they have it all were often full of discontent and even depression. Having a bigger, better home doesn't necessarily make us happier or more joyful and it certainly doesn't fill that aching void inside of our hearts if we haven't found our peace in God. Contentment has talked about the writer and early church father Paul in Philippians 4, 12 and 13. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. When I was in high school, we would claim this passage before a volleyball game or a track meet, praying that God would help us to do all the things that we wanted to do. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And, you know, it makes me laugh now because I realize that it wasn't promising the world to us, but it was rather promising to help us have a content soul even when there were no perks. And in relation to homemaking, contentment is a core value that will help us approach each day with more peace and joy in our hearts. And that can greatly impact our families and our friends and neighbors, anybody who sets foot in our homes. We have bigger homes on average than most of the rest of the entire world. So chances are there's more good about our homes that we've just forgotten about. Yeah, and if you have a desire to change your home, that's okay too. Remember we're talking about there's this paradox As long as it's filed in the kind of growth and improvement section of your home life and it isn't your sole focus, so that becomes almost a negative thing. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. It's like everything in life. Don't stagnate. Change is a good thing. Contentment doesn't mean pretending you're happy with something that isn't working for you or isn't working in your home. Yeah, or life. (laughs) Exactly. If you lived in a house with dirt floors, like Laura Ingalls Wilder describes in her little house books, It would be a good goal to aspire to having wood floors. You can, however, be happy and content and live a productive life while having dirt floors. And this is contentment. However, if you let the dirt floors ruin your life with your hatred of them, (laughs) you're never going to be happy with the board floors when you get them eventually. Yeah. When we think about how to love our homes, we need to keep that content heart attitude. But it's also okay to dream or think about changes that you would like to make. Making things beautiful is one of the simple joys of life. Some of us love filling our homes with fresh flowers or enchanting fragrances from candles or oils. Or Some of us are gifted artists who can design and arrange and create beautiful things in our homes. Or some of us love music and the day can't start without a beautiful song. So just think, what do you love? And is your home a reflection of what you love? And what are you good at? Have you filled your home with delicate touches that reflect those things? Maybe you are passionate about food and love to make great meals for your family. It's so good to take pride in your strengths and share them with others. That's how the art of homemaking can become this beautiful expression of love that creates treasured memories in our children's lives, and it will end up blessing our extended families and neighbors and friends as well. Mm -hmm. When we love our home, it's easy to clean it. And when we love our job as homemakers, it's easy to make a home. And that pride of ownership makes all of those things so much easier. Yeah, let's, let's switch directions for a moment here and think back to some of your own favorite memories from, let's say, your grandparents when you were younger. So for me, I can remember the enticing smells from the kitchen whenever my granny was cooking or baking. I remember her soft, wrinkled hands carefully setting a formal table at special events, lovingly placing the china and the dishes on an embroidered tablecloth. I rec- and now I'm going to cry <laughs> as I say this. I recall no complaining when she cleaned up the meal. I mean, none, ever right? And no begrudging Mm -hmm. kind of slumped shoulders, like doing it with a bad attitude. I loved seeing her modest and bashful smile when receiving compliments on the tasty food or the beautiful table. 
She kept an immaculate home. Everything had its place. She tended a small but robust garden that brought color and beauty to her backyard. She scrubbed and shined and polished with vigorous but humble hard work. And I, I love these memories because they inspire and remind me to be quiet and modest <laughs> and not resent housework duties. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not easy to be a homemaker. My mom stayed home with my sister and I for the first 10 years or so, and it wasn't easy for her because she loved to have a challenging job that paid a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So to switch to a job that never ends and didn't have any tangible salary mm-hmm. wasn't easy for her. And I think we'd all agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> However, had we not talked about that when I was older, I would never have known what a struggle it was for her. I remember the airy living room and the happy plants that climbed up over the entryway arch. I remember the mermaid birthday cake that she hand-piped with frosting for her aerial infatuated daughter. Mm. I remember the hikes and the secret missions that we went on as a family on the weekends, which were only possible because she'd worked so hard to make that time to play. And I remember a happy and joyful childhood. She would be the first to tell you that there were days that she cried and days that she struggled. And I think if we're honest, well, if I am honest, I'd have to say the same for myself. (laughs) Sometimes I cry. Yes. Oh, for (laughs) sure. Because it's not easy. No, no, it's not. It is easy to resent homemaking and housework for it to become a drudgery, right? I mean, I I think we would all admit that that is so true. Um, Have you done this? We tell ourselves we've worked so hard. And we deserve X, Y, or Z. Instead of just relaxing, enjoying the details and enjoying the fruit of our labor, maybe putting our feet up and resting when we need a break or calling on friends and neighbors to do work together. That's becoming Mm -hmm. kind of a lost art. I think that's important to remember that you can reach out and it's okay. You don't have to do it all yourself. And people are usually quite willing to, to pitch in and help. And especially if you offer to do the same for them. Our culture does not typically esteem the humble, quiet work of homemaking. And our generation tends to make the daily jobs and combine that with the fact that I think our generation tends to make the daily jobs seem a little bit more kind of dramatically difficult than than they really are. So it's this kind of interesting phenomenon I've noticed in our current society that, first of all, there's no kind of respect or like, oh, you stay home. That's amazing. Or you you value what you get to do at home, even if you have a job outside the home. Mm-hmm. If the fact that you yeah. take pride in it is kind of like mm, not necessarily cheered for. Well, I think it's helpful to bring to mind these positive role models, people that we've seen who have um, embodied what it is to be a homemaker. They've shaped our lives while we were growing up or the friends who have helped us along the way and use that to help inspire us when we're having those rough days. Yeah. In regard to kind of this whole topic of contentment and getting motivated to embrace the art of homemaking by choosing to love your home, here are some tips and a takeaway for you. So the first one is just to take moments throughout the day to notice the good, right? (laughs) Actually notice it. Sweeping under the kitchen table for the umpteenth time, which is like my life. (laughs) Thank God for children and a family who made the mess to clean up. You know, they're here and and you have a family. Laundry piling up. Hey, we have clothes. (laughs) We have clothes to do, you know, that get dirty because people are playing and having a good life. The house seems too small. Well, It is a house. It's not a cardboard box. So that's huge, right? I mean, it's like we have so many great things that we can be so thankful for. So just gently challenge our negative attitude or those thoughts when they creep in. Or, you know, when you do this, like overly dramatize them, like, oh, I have to do this thing. And it's like, well, yes, but it's it's a good thing that I have the ability, the ability to do this, you know, just finding joy. Anyways. And then the second one was to appreciate where you live now and learn to thrive there. Because again, if you can't be content where you're at, you're never going to be content no matter where you are. So 
really quick, I wanted to share a pearl of wisdom from my <laughs> our beloved book, At Home with Madame Chic. So, so she says, the more you love your home, the more you'll want to take care of it. Then magical changes can occur. Instead of leaving that heap of laundry in the corner of your pretty bedroom for days on end, you'll feel inspired to sort it and put it away. Instead of letting clutter accumulate on your fireplace mantle, you'll feel motivated to find a place for all your belongings and make a pleasing arrangement of objects that are special to you. You'll start to feel motivated to do all of this work on a regular basis. If you love your home and take care of it, it will love you back, (laughs) filling you with pride. I love how she says that. Another thing that you can do is to walk through your home and look at it with new vision as if you were a guest. So look at what is awesome and what needs work and begin to assess what you might do about it. This is a great way to fall in love with your home again. Our homes should be a reflection of the people who live in it, mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. And people change and they grow. And in the same way, our house changes. Decor that was once on point can shift as your tastes evolve. And then storage solutions tend to grow with your family. And so reevaluating those things as you go will help you get direction for where you want to go. Yes. The next tip for you is if you see things that you want to change, evaluate your top priorities and start tackling them one by one. Maybe take about an hour a day to tackle those things like organize, fix, or beautify a space. Jennifer says, don't think of this process as a chore, but a wonderful expression of showing appreciation for everything that you have. So I have a quick example for you. Um, One of our top priorities in in our house was to repaint the interior. So just to kind of freshen it up. And so we repainted the downstairs. We're not finished yet. We've got the upstairs to do, but we repainted the downstairs and it's now more cheery and light and bright and it opened up the space. It makes it feel bigger and it's amazing. And it was less than a hundred dollars, right? To get some paint and just do it. It's more like the the time that you have to put in, but it's just been this great kind of refresh in our home, in our home that was pretty easy to do. And it drastically changed kind of the feel downstairs. So that's, that's just one of one example for you. Yeah. Along those same lines, you can fix the problems that are easy to fix. Yeah. Sometimes it's as simple as a finishing a project that you've been putting off, either repaint something or replace a light fixture, repair something that's broken, um, new bedding or throw pillows, adding a candle, fresh flowers or oils. This is where we embrace the paradox of change versus contentment. If something can be improved, that's fine. Just check your heart attitude that we aren't getting swept up in comparison or trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. If you find yourself dissatisfied, here's the next tip. Think of creative solutions to what you think is wrong with your home. So let's say you're frustrated because you don't have a garden, but you'd like to have one. So try a window box garden, you know, maybe visit the local farmer's market for fresh veggies. If you don't have a big backyard, visit the park more often. You know, you may need to get creative with things like storage or furniture arrangement or style. But guess what? You can do it. We can all do it. And it can be fun. Enlist the help of a trusted friend if you are really stuck. Kind of like when we partnered together to work on the storage solutions upstairs since you don't have an attic space. (laughs) Yes, that was so much fun. And so for me, one example of a potential problem is that we don't have really a lot of storage space in this home, but the way we've gotten creative, it's forced us to be creative in the garage and how we store things. And, you know, luckily my husband can fit things together like a perfectly executed game of Tetris. Like he can look (laughs) at a space and be like, okay, if we do these shelves here and do this there, we can make this work. So you might have to just be creative, but, you know, it just amazes me every time I have gotten the privilege of spending any time in Europe is the average home size is so much smaller 
than ours here in North America, yet they can be, of course, just as happy and content in a small apartment in a French village as we are in a giant everybody gets their own master bed and bath <laughs> type of house here. So maybe they don't have as much indoor space. They end up living a lot more outside, which is really cool. So they will dine out more often, maybe go for walks more often, ride bikes in the village to do errands, meet a friend in an outdoor cafe. And then one thing that I love about just those cultures is that they are really good at lingering and enjoying the time outside with quality, like quality time mm-hmm. with friends and family, not having this crazy expectation for square footage on the inside of their homes so in classic house hunter internationals quotes like i love that show but it cracks me up because they're always like i don't know it just doesn't have a large american kitchen i'm used to yeah (laughs) and it's like the classic (laughs) where they're like i don't know we don't all have our own bathrooms and the people the real estate agents always like um no it's not america yeah (laughs) but anyways it just it's so funny so in the book at home with madame chic that we've been quoting jennifer also references another book called Parisian Chic that she, this other author says, a Parisian's apartment is their chateau, right? That's kind of the framework they put it in and the view they have. Um, So Jennifer comments on that concept and she says, this is implying we don't need to own a chateau to feel like we live in one. We can live well no matter where we dwell. I love that comment. We live in a 35-year-old house. It has lots of brown carpet and some quirky things that we hope to change someday, but I love this house. One of my favorite things is a temporary solution. So let me explain. When we first moved in, there was brown carpet in the eating area and a sunken living room, one step down. And someday we'd like to put down hardwoods all through the first floor. But that's a project for the future and savings. Yes. (laughs) About three months after we moved in, we took up the carpet and raised the living room floor to be level with the dining room just because it was driving us nuts. And we just put plywood down over the rough hewn subfloor. And instead of paying for all the hardwoods, I just bought two cans of paint and then painted and sealed the plywood. And I stenciled a fake wood grain, like blue on blue, with a thick painted border around the edge of the room. Every time I see those floors, they make me so happy. It's not a permanent fix. And if we were to try to sell the house right now, we'd have to put something over it because it's plywood. But it's easy to clean and it makes me smile. And that's pretty much all I want in a floor. Yeah, I love your (laughs) floors. I've seen, I mean, I've been to your house many times and I think they're beautiful. They add this cool touch that's like super personal to you like so yeah I love that just make it work you know make it beautiful for now so lastly walk through your home and take note of everything you love about it again this is just a good what we'll call gratitude adjustment (laughs) I just came up with that kind of accidentally as a typo when I was typing notes for this episode and it turns out that's kind of a super profound thing and I think I like it (laughs) right (laughs) so just a gratitude adjustment where you just realign and go, no, this is, you know, there's this that I love. The gratitude adjustment goes back to learning to look for the good things. Because if you're looking for good things, you're going to start finding them more and more because your focus has changed. Yes. Love it. Change in focus. Yes. Okay. Well, now it's time for my favorite things. And I'll go first. And then I know, Christina, you have something too. Um, One thing I've loved lately is to go for more walks in my neighborhood again even with um, neighbors sometimes. So connecting and laughing, getting some fresh air and perspective is always so healthy. It does help, I will say, it does help when the weather gets nicer. I have very little motivation (laughs) to do this when it's the rainy, rainy months. But now it's really starting to get nice. So also I've been loving setting up some backyard gardens. We're like in the very beginning stages of this. So what's kind of funny and classic 
thing in life is we had just set up and built these beautiful raised bed gardens before we moved here <laughs> and we had to leave them behind when we sold the house the, the other house and um now almost three years in and we're finally getting ready to start them at this house too but yay I mean I'm excited it's fun to to see progress yeah um, I've, I've been really enjoying watching everything in the yard come to life there's a pink dogwood tree whose blossoms look like thousands of tiny little butterflies have lit on the tree and there's this happy rhododendron right outside our front window that's just exploded in white blossoms. Mm. And it's so much so that the the branches are bowing down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to ask my gardener friend to make sure that that's okay. But it's fun <laughs> to see all these blooms reminding us of the new life that it might be still rainy, but summer is coming. Everything's springing back to life. I really, I really enjoy this time of year. Oh, I know. Me, me too. All right. Well, we have one more little segment for you and it's a bumblebee moment. And that's just a moment in your life where like your kids do or say something random or funny and so many things can happen at home. And I love just celebrating the funny things that do happen because it helps you enjoy, enjoy your kids more. So Christina is up with a, if with a moment for today, but if you have a bumblebee moment to share, just go to sundayafternoonmama.com and click on share a bumblebee moment. Kids, do say the things kids do say things that are just absolutely amazing. Yes. And I try to write it down in my notebook or my planner when when I hear these little phrases or these little mispronunciations yeah. or mm-hmm. things that just crack me up so that I can remember those. Um, and the other day I was walking into the kitchen and I hear my daughter, who's three, talking to herself and she's saying, I'm just going to trust myself. I'm going to do what I have to do. I can do this. And she didn't, she didn't know I was there. And then she turns around, she sees me and she's like, mom, there's a big scary bug and I'm going to squish it. And I just loved her little pep talk there. I love that she was just like talking her th- herself through this and she's going to get it done. <laughs> it's going to serve her well in the future. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Thank you again, Christina, for being with us. Well, it's fun to get to talk with you guys again today. So be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends. Thank you.